It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Monday, September 25th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that's got preseason hockey to talk about tonight, Russ. I never thought I'd be excited for preseason hockey, but I am. I am, too. We're going to get into that, plus what's been going down at training camp and our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are on the internet at Locked On Flyers, pretty much uh, at all the social media apps as well. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episodes episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, we did get a, a bit of news over the weekend via training camp and the Flyers. Um, we got a replacement for Coatsy in the radio uh, side of things. That's Todd Fedoric. Bridge is yeah. uh, back with the Flyers. Good guy. I covered him. I I've never heard him on the radio, but I'm excited to hear him. Yeah, I got to talk to him a little bit at uh, training camp. He seemed really excited and was uh, getting to know all the players. So looking forward to him and uh, and Timmy on the radio this season. And uh, we also learned that uh, Chris Terrian is going to be part of the pregame coverage uh, as well. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, obviously we had Chris on the show, got to know him a little bit. Uh, I do think he does a fine job, so good for him. Uh, absolutely. And uh, a bit of uh, news we didn't really get to last week uh, amidst all the excitement, but we had been talking about Artem Anisimov and would he return to the organization. Uh, he signed a PTO with Detroit, so that is not happening. Uh, kind of makes sense, I think, if he really wanted a shot in an NHL role. I guess, but I just feel like, why not bring him back? He was so good with this organization, with these players. They know him, but, you know, they didn't want him back. So, but not shocked that someone took him. Yeah, same. Uh, he, he did have a, a really good year last year, especially in, in the mentorship role. Uh, we had a, a pretty good weekend at training camp as that got underway. You know, we talked about the bag skate a lot uh, on Friday show after day one and day two, like the guys were still talking about it uh, that were available. Sure. Everybody hates it in the best way. Um, I, I think it's uh, it is going to be John Tortorella's lasting legacy. I think <laughs> amongst, you know, all of his accomplishments. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if I were on the team, I wouldn't talk about it. I wouldn't give it any life because that's what Torts likes and I would just ignore it. Even if I was hurting, I wouldn't care. I wouldn't even mention it. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. Um, it is. We got a couple other tidbits of information over the course of the weekend, at least through Saturday's sessions, that we didn't know 
prior to those days. And it's just funny how sometimes these things just come out. But I think like the the bigger one was that Travis Sandheim was actually hurt at Worlds in 2022. Um, He had a, a hairline fracture in his foot. Um, he said, and so he, that's why he said no for 2023 to participating because, you know, he said it didn't affect him last season as far as, you know, his health right at the start of the season, but that it did affect his summer off season training, which obviously it would. And so that he wanted to have a more, um, you know, guaranteed summer off season training plan. and, And he felt like going to worlds could put that at risk. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think, you know, the one positive effect of John Tortorella is he's gotten everybody really serious about their summer training. So if they feel like there was going to be a glitch in anything, they just players just did away with it. And I I like that. That's a positive. Yeah. The other little tidbit from John Tortorella we got on Saturday was that Rasmus Ristolainen spent some time doing his military service in Finland over the summer. So his summer training, you know, wasn't exactly what he would have liked either that he just Torres doesn't have any problem with where Risto is right now, but it was just something that affected his training. Well, I mean, I think Torts is bringing into question the Finnish army because, like, if this were the Israeli army, nobody would be saying a word, right? Like, you see the kind of shape that Guy Godot's in and, you know, well, people go to the to the Israeli army to, like, get in super shape. He's making it seem like the Finnish army, you know, they don't keep you in great shape. I suppose that is one way you could look at it. But it was just, like, kind of surprising that we didn't know that over the course of the summer. Yeah, I had no idea. I didn't even see it reported. I know Finnish reporters. I I didn't even see anything on it on the web. Nope. Nope. None of us saw it until Tort said something um, after after the sessions on Saturday. But uh, there was a a lot of good stuff to come out of camp on Friday and Saturday. As of, you know, recording, we don't have the complete information on Sunday yet. But uh, I will say that there was a lot of discussion about moving people around to give other people opportunities and give everybody Mm -hmm. the best chance at success. And I think that was really the theme of what came out. So it was, you know, moving Tippett over to the left side on the scrimmage on Friday, moving Sandheim over to the right side to give Cam York a shot at the the left side. And there's been like clear communication amongst coaches and players that this is what's happening and why. And I, you know, that is a a pretty positive thing for me that, you know, things may settle out differently. Um, You know, not sure how that's going to go, but at least like they're working to try and find the best combination and give people the best chance. Yeah. I think that's, it's 50% positive, 50, not. And I'll tell you why. Um, for all these games that I am at here, I'm sitting next to a lot of scouts or near a lot of scouts, some with teams, some with other scouting services. And so like sitting with some people from scouting services, um, they're a little worried about Cam York. And I think John is a little worried too. And maybe that's why he wants to put him back on the left side if he can, because that's his natural side. He had him playing his offside all last year. And I think Cam did a good job with that. But if he feels like he's going to struggle now on that right side, He's got a problem. So I think it's smart to do that. Yeah, I I think so. And and I think that, um, you know, especially with Cam York, um, I I think that it's such an important piece in the Flyers blue line. And I think, you know, at least for me coming away from this weekend, the blue line is kind of um, 
like a great unknown right now in terms of really how is. these combinations are going to come out in the wash, what the pairings are going to look like, what the sides are going to look like, who's going to be, you know, left out in the cold a little bit because of a numbers game. And um, so I think that the fact that they're trying as much as possible is a good sign. And especially for Cam York, but I, I do, your, your point is, is a good one. I, I think that, you know, there is something to be worried about when there's so much uncertainty with the blue line right now. Yeah. One more thing about the blue line. I know I'm skipping ahead here, but it's in my head now. If he, he can't possibly want to go with eight defensemen on a regular basis on the roster. You can't do that. No, you I don't just think can't he does. Do yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it was brought up as a possibility and he was like, well, I mean, it could turn out that way, but it's really going to be dependent on what the forwards do. And so it seemed like it would be very unlikely. Right. But it's really, there's so much interplay here between how the forwards pan out and then what the roster space looks like. Because, um, of course, we know we have the Zamula situation that he can't go through waivers, although he looks pretty good on Saturday, I got to say, and had a really nice snipe uh, goal in the scrimmage. But um, I, I think that, you know, there's so many moving pieces and parts here with these unknowns that um, it's kind of hard to predict what this roster is going to look like or what the lines are going to look like by the time we get maybe four or five games into the preseason. It's true. I mean, if they decide to go with eight as an example, that means really a lot of these young forwards that we're talking about are not making the team. So that's why I don't want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, there is so much more to talk about with, you know, looking at what happened in the scrimmages on Friday versus Saturday and the intensity picking up and a little hitting being thrown around. And so we're going to get into that. Plus, we are going to talk about the first preseason game tonight against the Devils coming up next. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Stay tuned to the show every day this week. We'll have all of your preseason action results as well as uh, analysis of how Taurus and the team are putting together this team and and given the right guys opportunities this season. And uh, looking at kind of the scrimmages, one of the things that Torts talked about was that he wanted to have more scrimmages in camp this year versus last year to really get a look at guys in game type action, that that was going to be more helpful for him than just keep doing drills over and over again. And um, while the practice sessions I thought were really intense and were at pace, and of course they were doing the, the laps in between every single drill. So there was not a lot of downtime for the guys during practices and, and there we're doing a lot of battling and, and a lot of, you know, net front tip kind of drills and two on ones and things like that to really like keep the guys going at pace, uh, which continued into the scrimmages. And, you know, the Friday scrimmages, I think people, it was the first day with the puck. And so they were just kind of getting used to things and it was more about play and, and skill. Whereas the second day, the intensity uh, really ratcheted up with, you know, Delorier and Risto. They were throwing some hits, and you can tell they were trying to intimidate the kids. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's good. You're, you're going to have to do that. Uh, this year, I'm sensing a little better camp out of Torts. Again, last year, I, I basically sized it up next to the Penguins camp. And again, while I'm here, I've been watching Penguins camp and they've been scrimmaging too. So it seems like now he's doing it at like the same rate that they are. And I think that's good. Yeah, I, I really think so. And, you know, you got kind of get to see um, the thing that Torts likes the most, which is watching guys make mistakes and what happens after the mistake. And that's something that Torts keys in on a lot. And he, he said it very explicitly that like, how do you handle yourself after you make a mistake? And he's like, I got a lot of information about a bunch of guys. Um, of course, he was a little cryptic about, you know, who he was talking about because he doesn't want to do that but at the we same have time, eyes we can actually see i don't know if he yeah, knows that. we know well we know but at, at the same time you know he's not going to explicitly say it but he um yeah he just talked about you know that there were some guys that made some mistakes but he was appreciated that they continued to make an effort and try and make plays as opposed to sitting back after making a mistake and he notices those differences and and i think that's a fair form of evaluation in camp yeah i mean Again, I have to caution for all the people that want to shoot videos and show the mistakes. Camp is made for mistakes. Yep. Like this is where mistakes are going to happen. And if you're going to show me a mistake on Twitter, then show me it over and over again. Do a loop of like three or four times where the player is making the same mistake. And then maybe I'll pay attention. But, you know, the, the scouting person in me says, I don't care if you show me a video of one mistake it means nothing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, on day two, um, we really got a sense of like who's battling for it. And obviously like Wade Allison and Tanner Lizinski were on the same group in their practice session and we're out there yeah. you could tell they were kind of being pitted against each other. In a yeah. Way. I mean, it's a shame. It's like, you know, that's, that's what would happen in like ancient Rome. You know, it's like all of a sudden you're going <laughs> against your buddy, but that's really oh, what God. it is. You're really going to bring up the Roman Empire, are you? It's <laughs> funny. Um, you know, I, I think that guys that we've been talking about who were under a little bit of a, a microscope here, you know, Zamula, Sanheim, York, I think, you know, they all made some great plays during the scrimmages. I thought Zade Wisdom, you know, who we talked about, looked really good in the rookie games. He made some mistakes, but I really think he's one of those guys that Torts was talking about when he said they battled back after right. making a mistake. He's I good at that. Yeah, Emil Andre, same thing. You know, he made some mis defensive mistakes in in the scrimmage, but he was probably the best at outlet passes and getting the puck out of the zone of like almost any of the defensemen there. So, I I think that those are the kind of guys and plays that Torts is is referring to. Yeah, and Emil Andre really has to work it out, so he's gonna make mistakes. I mean, the only defenseman that you didn't see make mistakes was Nick Lidstrom. Every defenseman makes mistakes in every game. Like, it's just a hard position. The other kind of small notes I would have, Alexis Gendron, I know, like, he's, like, low on the totem pole here, but he is somebody that I think really can step up and play to the level of the competition that he's with. You know, he was on a line with Coots and Lawton and did not look out of place. Like, he can really step up his game if he wants to, and I think that's something, you know, obviously he's still not ready yet, but this is something that bodes well for his future, that he can really adjust his game to the higher level. 
Yeah, there's no doubt he can keep up pace. He's a really great skater. The thing is, you you wonder is the all around game, and is he actually going to score? You know, at this level, right. like that's that's the big thing. If he could do that, yeah, that that part will be great. Nick Delorier and Risto obviously getting into it a, a little bit, and um, in the media availability, Risto was asked if he was happier playing with Delorier versus against, which is a common question, right? Sure, you know. And he was like, no, nah, I kind of like playing against him. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, because, you know, they've matched up before, obviously. And, yeah, yeah. you know, those they tough guys, ways. you know, again, a lot of times um, if you're a fan and you've never really played at that high level, and this took me years to learn, these guys like beating each other up a little bit. They do. Sometimes. It's kind of like fun for them. Yeah, I think so. Um, the only other thing is that there wasn't a lot of goaltending talk over the the couple of days but i did think that cal peterson looked really good he made some excellent stops in the scrimmage especially on day two when the intensity ratcheted up and the shots were better he's playing for a job Um, for sure yeah he is is absolutely making himself known but i think it's still a big mystery what's going to happen there and and um, how they're going to strategically use these preseason games to figure it out is still kind of an unknown I feel for the Flyers in the sense that, and I hate keep bringing up the investigation, but let's just say the investigation drags on and then all of a sudden there's an answer in like November. Like we have already like decided what your group kind of looks like. And then now maybe something could happen to alter that. Like that would be bad. And that yeah. you would feel like you, you you would look at that and say, wow, that's a that, look at the timing of that. Not that you can do anything about it, but it's hard to plan for that ahead of something possibly happening. Like that's the hard part. Yeah, I, I agree. It's going to be a, a tough road on, on that front. Um, as far as tonight's first preseason game against the devils, I think, again, I'll be intrigued to see who they put in net. I'm sure they'll split the game somehow, yeah. but um, I, I, my guess is we'll see Peterson and then either Sandstrom or Urson, but right. um uh, I'm not sure like how that's going to work, but as far as like who I want to see in this game from the Flyers, um, definitely want to see Emil Andre. I believe we will because he's a favorite of Torts right now and wants to see yeah. him in more game action. Um, I think you know we talked about Matt Brown earning a look at rookie camp. He's been quieter in main camp, but I still think he's earned that look. So yeah, I think uh, you know preseason might be different than. Him getting used to a camp like this, he's never had a camp like this, so that may be why. But, you know, in preseason, that's when we'll know. Yeah, especially in this first game. And then I want to see Denver Barkey. I think he's really um, come along well, and just I feel like his confidence is getting better and better as camp goes on. Um, And he's really looking to absorb everything he can from this camp to take back to London for this season. Yeah, as an example, like I want to see Denver Barkey go up against – you know, Simone Nemich, um, that would mm-hmm. be a hell of a thing to see. So, and that's a really good way for him to, to gauge himself. Cause I don't know if Luke Hughes will play in the first game. He might, because it's a home game. And if he does, that's another guy that would be interesting to see how he goes up against him. So, you know, that could be a great challenge for the Flyers forwards right there. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, for the Flyers versus the Devils, the Devils have a lot more of their top picks available to them from the past, you know, couple of years just because they aren't college or they aren't in Russia or whatever. Right. So they're there like Nemich to your point. And so I think, you know, for these flyers kids, 
um, who aren't necessarily the first round draft pick because, you know, Cutter Gauthier is off at college. I think that level of competition is going to be really important to take a look at. Yeah, it is important. And it'll be like I said, these I know a lot of people will just be like, ah, wake me up when the season starts. But now more than ever, and I, I've talked to a lot of people about this, preseason has become more important from a team perspective, who makes the team and who, how you're playing guys, and even from a scouting perspective. Now, it may not trickle down to all fans because I get it. You're not going to see a lot of your favorites. There's going to be four or five of them or whatever the number is, seven of them in the lineup that you, know, that you have to have. I think it's like four or five. Uh, so, yeah, but it, it's an important time. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to see Zade Wisdom. I think he's earned mm-hmm. it. Um, Bobby Brink, who we still have some questions on. Um, a lot of talk here get. about Bobby Brink. Like, you know, again, yeah. with, with some of the guys from scouting uh, services that I know, not teams, uh, they have a lot to say about Bobby Brink. And everybody, so again, where the team may say they're not worried about Bobby Brink, everybody who has written about them or scouted him and talked about him pre-draft, and during the draft is a little worried. They are. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. As far as the vets go, um, we talked about in the past, we want to see either Coots or Atkinson in this first game, not yes. both of them. Um, right. And then I bet you we're going to see a Wade Allison, Tanner Lazinski continued battle out there and put them both in this game. And then I just want to get a, a look at Sean Walker and Ryan Paling just because of the newness factor. Yeah, you definitely should put those guys in just so they can get the feel of Torts. Unless Torts isn't going to coach the game. I don't know if he's talked about that yet, if he's going to start some of that nonsense. But I hope hope John Tortorella coaches all the games. Again, I can't stress how important it is for these young players to have this interaction with him. Where last year, if you remember, I felt like some of the young players didn't have as much interaction with him as they could have. Yeah. Uh, Any other devils to keep an eye on? Yeah, um, Graham Clark, that's Brant's brother, you know, the Kings defenseman, uh, who's not quite at, as a King yet, but he's going to be soon. A really good player. You know, he played, I believe he played for the 67s, and good offensive player, good speed. He's not a superstar, but he's a guy who's tricky in the offensive zone, so you have to watch him. Chase Stillman is another guy with really good hands uh, and a great motor. Like, you're going to notice this guy's work ethic, and that's Riley Stillman's brother. Um, so yeah, those are a couple of other players to, to kind of keep an eye on. All right. Well, we'll have the results of that game on tomorrow's show. In the meantime, it's Monday. So we'll have our nemesis of the week coming up next. So last week when we were uh, talking about our nemeses, I talked a lot about the younger guys getting out of their own heads. This was after the rookie series and, you know, there were some struggle bus things happening with a, a bunch of the kids. And um, I do think that a lot of them, you know, as we entered main camp, they figured it out to some degree. Some of them have been more successful than others, but I feel like, you know, they're not overthinking things right now. Now, and we saw them in scrimmage action, but now it's going to be like taking that next step and going into game action. And so that's why my nemesis this week is the outside competition here. That's not just those Rangers kids. Um, It's more NHL level outside competition because, you know, scrimmages against your own teammates is one thing, but this is like a next step and it's really going to show kind of where you're at right now. Yeah. So my nemesis is like this constant coverage of 
uh, prospects where like all of a sudden, like a year after they're drafted, they're already pitting the guy they have against others. So as an example, like Canadians fans are like, well, Slavkovsky better be great this year because look at Logan Cooley. Logan Cooley, you know, I mean, it's like you can't – one guy's a power forward, one guy's not. Um, one guy weighs 238 pounds, and that was another thing that came up. And it's like, you know, if Slavkovsky came in this year at 238, I'm going to be willing to bet that his body uh, fat is less. And so that's the thing that I would be looking at. He didn't have a lot of time to train like in his rookie season. And I get it Mm because he played all the way to the end to the world championships and everything else. And so, and he probably never had to really learn how to train like a pro. And so this year I got to give him the benefit of the doubt and see, you know, what he looks like. And I'm not going to be so carried away with the weight because he is a big guy, but we also have to understand that he might get sent to Laval because, and that's fine. I think they should have sent him to Laval in the first place. So I just, I don't like when guys get pushed like this. I see comments like on, you know, on the on Twitter, like, well, Lafreniere better play like a first overall pick. Well, hold on. Once a guy gets picked first overall, and this is how I treat it. I know others don't. They're in the same pool in, as everybody else. Every other prospect wanting to be an NHL player. You may grade that guy differently, but in the end, that guy's going to develop how that guy's going to develop. And I see a lot of just weird, stupid things, honestly, about some of these guys. And it's like, you've got to really give them time, sometimes up to five years to see what they are because things go on. And it's like, that's where, you know, I hate the scrutiny of first overall picks because, you know, it's just, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And I think some guys are picked very high knowing that it's going to be a longer development path than maybe some other guys that it's worth the wait because you know what you're going to get or you are betting on what you're going to get at the end of that development path, even though it may be longer than somebody picked, you know, three, four picks later in that draft may get to the NHL faster, but the ceiling's going to be lower. Right. And so it's, it's apples and pears here and you really have to take all of that into consideration. So I think that's, that's totally fair. And Logan Cooley is getting a lot of press right now because he's scoring highlight real goals in a preseason game in Australia. But I think that, you know, that's a very small sample size. And I, I yeah. don't discount that Logan Cooley is going to be great. But No, we all know he's a terrific player. Like, your that's point, it, he's a very different player than Yuroslavkovsky. And so right. I wouldn't expect, you know, a, a similar development path or a similar no. output. At the, no. So I think that is a very apt nemesis of the week. Um, I have a small secondary nemesis uh going to training camp at the rink in Voorhees um, on Saturday, they had a season ticket holder event. It was a great crowd. Like the rink was absolutely jam packed with people and it was a really great atmosphere. Um, You go to the pro shop, you would have liked to have bought the new Jersey for this season. I bet they could have sold a lot of them. Well, I think with the last year of the contract with the manufacturer, there's like a, a lack of a, urgency there and um, according to the pro shop manager he's like yeah we're not getting them in until thanksgiving like what a missed opportunity and like to have it take that long um very disappointing to see it's like not something that's the flyer's fault at all but it's just like now this is a manufacturing this is a manufacturing thing thing. Yeah. yeah yeah 
And so it was just like, oh, that was very disappointing to hear. Yeah, jersey sales are going to be down for everybody. That's that's hockey-related revenue. That's not good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what the situation will be at the arena that maybe team stores have a, a priority. Yeah, I'm sure the arena things. will have a supply. Yeah. But, you know. Getting them outside the arena there. to other outlets. Yeah. 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 So that was a big deal. But I did have a ton of fun at camp uh, overall. Learned a lot and uh, saw a lot of good solid uh, training camp action got to see torts uh, stop things in the middle and pull the guys over to have a little talk a little chat about how they were doing uh, which was not great in that second <laughs> scrimmage on saturday um but you know that that's part of torts and that's part of it's camp life. so um uh it was a, a real good start to training camp overall for the flyers and um that will do it for today's show. And tomorrow on the show, like I said, we'll recap uh, tonight's game against the New Jersey Devils in the preseason. Plus, we'll talk uh, more about the goings on at camp. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. We'll have a mailbag this week. So you can send us your questions uh, via Twitter DM at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown Flyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.